bit tonight. What it takes to see clearly. What it takes to see clearly. Let's pray. Our Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, we bow before you tonight one more time this side of eternity. Lord, I ask you tonight, Lord, that you'd empty me of my sin and myself. Lord, you'd cleanse me, Lord, from all unrighteousness. God, that you would apply the blood of Jesus Christ to my heart and my life. Lord, just clean us up, Lord. Tonight, God, that we may be a, a vessel fit for thy use. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help me preach, Lord, the things you've let me see, God, out of thy word. And I pray, Lord, it fall on good ground tonight, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, we leave different than we came in. Lord, we'll thank you for everything that's accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. It says, he was restored and saw every man clearly. We know tonight if, if something is restored this evening, it is re returned or it is brought back to its original state, if you will. Or I, I like to look at it like this, it's been, it's been cured. There was something wrong with it, it was faulty, it, 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 something had happened to it that it wasn't in the original condition, and it had to be cured, amen. And let me just say tonight, every single one of us are, are in need tonight of being restored or being cured, amen. Every one of us is in that state simply because we were born into a life of sin. We were born sinners. Amen. Uh, Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sinner entered into the world. We know by Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden, it was that sin entered into the world. And it says, And by, by death, by sin, and so death passed upon all men. So because of Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden, it is passed upon all men for that all have sinned, it says. Romans 3.10 makes it clear that there's none righteous, no, not one. Even though there's those today, there's a lot of them that get up on the high horse and, and think they're pretty righteous, and they think they've got it all figured out, but that verse is very clear that there's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, we all know it, we've all heard it, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So to make uh, sure that we understand tonight that the, the, the man at Walmart, when you go there, he's a sinner. Amen. The, the, the lady walking her dog down the street, she, she's a sinner. Those kids that go to your school, those kids that, that are in school, hey, they're, they're sinners. Amen. And every, everybody sitting in this building tonight, we are all sinners. Amen. We're all sinners tonight and come short of the glory of God. But I, I just say happy day. There was something, there is something. God's provided something to separate sinners tonight. And it's salvation. He, he provided salvation through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, His darling Son, the only begotten Son. He, he provided that, that salvation for us tonight. And I say praise God. For the sinner that gets born again, the one who by faith, places their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just say, even if you, you study the Old Testament, it says by faith, Abraham. And Jesus hadn't even come. He ain't died, but it was by faith that every person in that blessed book had, had, had been right with God. It was because of their faith. Noah, he built the ark on what? Faith. He ain't never even seen no rain, but God said it's going to rain, and he put his faith in God, and, and this done is obedient to what God said. It's by faith he done it. 
But when a sinner gets born again and gets saved and they place their faith in Jesus, there's, there's a restoration. There's something that happens within their life when they start to... It's a complete overhaul. I don't even know if it's a complete... I got a brand new engine. That wasn't overhauled. I got a brand new engine. God makes us new. Amen. But there's a restoration takes place. A curing that goes on for that sin that, that was imputed into us all because we were born. Amen. Second Corinthians, I've quoted it a million times. Probably one of my favorite verses in Bible. Second Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He's restored. He's overhauled. Praise God, he's been cured through that, that the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, restored, cured because of that. And this new creature, well, it's, it's then and only then that he can begin to see clearly. Before you and I get saved, before we uh, put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can't see clearly. We're not, our vision's messed up. Amen. You, you see, when a person is lost, a lost person can't see at all. They're, they're blind to the things of God. Uh, people that are, are their backslid, their vision ain't clear either. They can't see clearly. So what is it, what is it going to take, what's it take for a sinner to see clearly? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look, look back in verse 22. Now, I'm just going to give you these things that the Lord showed me out of these verses. And we'll go to the house. Amen. Verse 22. Look what your Bible says. It says, and he was talking about Jesus. He, he cometh to Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man to him. And watch this right here. It says, and besought him to touch him. That word besought tonight, it means to, to, to call near. Or to invite. Amen, friend. Tonight, number one, if you're taking notes, this man had a desire to see clearly. You know why he had a desire to see clearly? Because he, he besought, he invited the one that could make him see clearly. Amen. He had a desire to see clearly. He besought him. Amen. This blind man, he knew that he had a serious problem. He, he knew that his vision wasn't right. He, he knew that he could not see right. He knew he couldn't see. And the moment that he realized that he needed to get to Jesus, amen, and because of this desire to see clearly, he besought him. He said, oh, I know that I've heard of a man that can make me see clearly, and I have a desire to get to him, amen. He realized that he was blind. He realized he couldn't see let me just say tonight before a sinner or a backslider will ever, ever, ever see clearly. Amen. Before they'll ever see clearly, they must first realize that they can't see clearly. I, I, I've been in this situation in my own Christian life that I was backslid or I was so far from God or I, I, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I was still saved. I was still, if I'd have died, I'd went to heaven. But I wasn't seeing clearly. Amen. Am I the only one that's ever been in that situation? But when God revealed it to me and showed me that I, I wasn't seeing clear, I had a desire to get my vision back. Amen. 
John Newton got it right when he penned down the words of amazing grace. He said, I once was blind, but now whoo, I see. And if you're saved tonight, you once was blind, but now you see the truth out of God's word. Amen. Praise God. He came to acknowledge that there was a problem. He, he could not see the truth. Hope he had a desire to see the truth. And I love what Jesus said in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, whoop, the truth. He didn't say a truth, one of the truths. He said, I am the truth. And that's the only way a man, woman, boy, or girl ever see clearly. It is through the truth. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. What about you tonight? Do you have a desire to see clearly? Have you besought the only one that can fulfill that desire for you to see? Number one, it'll take a desire to see. Number two, there was a detachment. I see there was a detachment here. Look, look at verse 23 with me. I'm about to get happy. Amen. It says, in, He took the blind man by the hand. Amen. And let me just say tonight, if you have a desire, if you have a desire, glory to God, He will take you by the hand. Amen. But watch this. He says, And He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. Where that man was, when he got a hold of Jesus' hand, he didn't stay in the same place that he was at. There was a detachment from the town. He, he detached him and took him out of town. <laughs> he changed this man's location. Where he once was, he was there no more. Or he detached him from that, where, where, that very place. He led him out of town into a different place. The word detached means to separate or to disconnect. He separated this man that could not see. He took him from the town and took him out of town. If you study Bethsaida, I, I, I ain't studied it out, but I believe that the Lord had, had, had cursed Bethsaida. And he, they, because they didn't have faith that he could do it, that's the reason he took the man out of the town because Bethsaida was cursed. But he detached that man out of, out of that town. What's it going to take for a man to see clearly? There's going to have to be a, a separation. There, you're going to, a man that sees clearly will separate himself. Amen. The, the places that he once used to go, he won't go there no more. He'll separate from that place. That those TV shows that he used to watch and that used the Lord's name in vain, he'll separate. He'll separate himself from that. That music that he listened to that talks. If you play it backwards, you get your house back, your dog back, your wife back, and it talks about drinking and fornicating and running around. He'll separate. He'll detach himself from that. A man that sees clearly, he won't pump that stuff in his body. Amen. He won't. He won't listen to that. He won't watch that. He won't hang out there. 
And let me just go ahead and say there'll be some people that we'll detach from. Amen. Not because we don't love them. Not because we don't want to see them born again. But we can't hang around that anymore. There'll be a detachment for a man or a woman that's seen clearly. Amen. We won't hang around open sin. We just won't. A man that's seen clearly won't hang around that. He'll disconnect and he'll detach himself from that. And I know that Jesus ate, well, Jesus ate with sinners, yeah, but he ate and got gone. He ate and gave them a gospel tract and left, amen. He didn't hang out with them. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't stay connected with them. He detached himself with them from them. Amen, amen, and amen. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate. He's saying here, hey, you can't hang around that bunch. You've got, you got to get out of that. You can't hang around that mess. Get away from that mess. 1 Thessalonians 5, 22 tells us, abstain from the appearance of all evil. Stay away from it. To abstain means to disconnect or to detach, to just plainly stay away from it. I like what the, uh, Romans 1, 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated, 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 it says, unto the gospel of God. Paul separated himself. Uh, you're talking about a man, a religious man, that was killing Christians and that was doing Lord knows what. But when he got born again, he got saved on the road to Damascus, he separated himself to the gospel. Amen. The good news. Number three, I noticed his dependence change. And I ain't talking about filing his taxes tonight. His dependence, who, what he was depending on changed right here. Check out verse 24 and 25 with me. Don't miss this. Verse 24, it says, And he looked up. And said, I see men as trees walking. When this man, he, he, he looked up here on his own. Jesus had, had spit and, and rubbed spit in his eyes. And he looked, the man looked up and he said, I see trees walking. He, he was depending on his own self to look up. But his vision still wasn't right. It was still muddy. The waters were still muddy. He couldn't see clearly in verse 24. But watch what happens in verse 25. It says, after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes. And I'm just going to take a time out right here, and I'm glad that when God tries to do something in my life, and I don't get it the first time, he'll do it again. Amen. He'll, he'll do it again, but he said, again. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 25, I'm going to read it again. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes, and here's what I want you to see. And made him look up. In verse 24, 24, the man looked up on his own. He was depending on his own self to look up. But in verse 25, it says, The Lord Jesus Christ made him 
look up. I can see him now. This man, I don't know how long he's been blind, but he, Jesus is supposed to, he's this healer. He's heard all about him. He spits, rubs in his eyes, and he's thinking, oh, praise the Lord, I'm fixing to be able to see for the first time. He looks up and he says, it's, it's muddy water. I still can't see clearly. But the next verse, Jesus said, this, this, Quit depending on yourself. Now watch what I can do. And I can see the man, his head was hanging down. He didn't want to look up because he didn't want to be disappointed. Jesus said, whoop. His dependence changed. He wasn't dependent on his own self to look up. He was dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ to look up. And this is what I want you to get tonight. You can't depend on it yourself. You have to depend on him. If we want to see clear, we can't be looking for what we want to see or how we want to see. We're going to have to let him whoop, pick our head up and see what he wants us to see. Amen. Praise the Lord. You and I, if we want to see clearly, we must, we must take our hands off of it. We'll never see what God, the Holy Ghost, wants us to see us trying to do it ourselves. Our dependence has to be on Him. He's the lifter up of my head. Amen. He's the lifter up of my head. I want you to see this right here, what Jesus says in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. He says, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also. So it wasn't just the followers of Christ, his disciples. He called the people. He called them all. He said, I want, I want the people and the ones that follow me. Those that follow me and those that ain't follow me. Come here. Don't you look at this is what he said. And he said unto them, I like this. He said, whosoever, anybody, the people, the disciples, anybody, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. If you ever want to see clear tonight, there'll be a denying of yourself. Amen. Jesus said it like this in Luke chapter 9. He said, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. There'll be a denying of yourself, your flesh, on a daily basis. I tell you what, you can have a good day today, and you can be on the mountaintop today, and it won't take but one thing the next day, and you'll be you'll be uh, flat on your back. You'll be in, in, as low as a snake in a wagon wheel track. Amen. You, you'll be so low, you won't be able to get yourself out of it. But if we deny ourselves and just look to Him and do what number three told us to do, depend on the Lord instead of the situation that we we're in, most of the time when I'm in that situation, I put myself in it to start with. Or I let the devil climb up here and say, whoops. Instead of just slapping him off, I get to thinking about what's, what he's telling me. And get to pondering on that. I'm not denying myself. And I'm start listening to that liar. There'll be a denying of ourselves. To deny yourself means to forget oneself. To lose sight of oneself. 
and one's own interest. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, he's talking about to the brethren here, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God is your reasonable service. He's saying it is your, it is your duty as a Christian. If you want to see clearly, you have to present your body, you have to deny yourself and present your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, goes on in verse 2 and says, Be not conformed to this world, but by be, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I'm telling you tonight, if we're not denying ourselves and looking to the one that, that cannot, he's the only one that can do it anyway, if we try to do things on our own and not, and, and not denying ourselves, we, we're in for a long ride. We're in for a miserable days when that happens. There also, number five, I've seen a, a direction change. There was a direction change. Look at verse 34 again. He says, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and, what's it say? Follow me. He said that he changed his direction. A man that sees clearly when he's in, in, in sin or he's lost, our, our backs lit on God and he's going this way and God reveals the truth to him, he'll quit going that way. He'll, he'll quit traveling that way. He'll have a, like the changing of the guard, he'll, he'll have a doing about face and he'll go away. There'll be a direction change. Amen. They'll stop following after things of this world and they'll, stop, they'll start following after Jesus. And that's what he said right there. He said, eh, you follow me. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, the Bible says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow the preacher's footsteps. Negative. That ain't what it said. Ye should follow Hollywood's footsteps. Negative. He says, but ye should follow his footsteps. Jesus left us an example. He left it. Infallible. Perfect. There ain't nothing wrong with it. There ain't a comma at a place Every semicolon, every, every colon, everything in here is in its right place. His example that he left us is his voice, his word. He, he left us his word. He speaks to us through his word. What Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they, what? Follow me. So how, how are we going to follow Jesus tonight? We've got to get in his word. we got to study it. Study to show thyself approved. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You know why we got 97 denominations this day and hour? Because they're not rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen.
And I just go ahead and say this, this bunch that says, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm just going to go worship. I worship at home. Or I'm the, I, they never had a direction change. They, they, they just ain't never, their lives, they, their, their lives ain't never changed. They're still doing the same old stuff, still living the same old life. They don't follow after his example. They don't follow after his word. Amen. You can tell a man or a woman that's been in the word of God. Can you not? I, I know I, I know my wife can tell when I've been in it. Say amen, man. I can tell when she's been in it. Let, let me just say this. Do you know why people are not in it? The, these, this, this bunch that I'm talking about that says, oh, I love Jesus and Kumbaya and all that mess. And in their life, they still they can still talk and cuss and carry on. They can still run around. They can still do all this stuff. Any, they can willfully sin. You know why they can do that? Because they blind as a bat. <laughs> That's why. They blind as a bat. They, they ain't never saw clearly. They ain't never been to the one that cleared them up. Amen. They've never followed after Christ. He's the one that makes them see clearly. And let me show you one more thing we'll be done right here. <clears throat> There's one way tonight I see in our text that you'll be able to tell if a man's seeing clear or not. You, you'll be able to, you can look at a person, I'm not talking about judging people, and that's not what I'm talking about, but I'm just saying that according to what I see right here, you, you'll be able to tell whether they're seeing clear. Look at verse 25 with me, what it says. Again, we'll, we'll, 25 and 26, it says that after that, he put his hands on his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Right there, this man was changed. He could see clearly. But I, I want you to watch what, what Jesus has for you to do right here. After he was... His, he, who he was depending on, he quit depending on himself, his direction changed. After his desire, look at verse 26, what, what Jesus says. He says, and he sent him away to his house. Saying, neither go into town, nor tell it to anybody in town. That's kind of odd for Jesus saying, hey, don't tell it. I thought he said, go tell it on the mountain. Go out in the highways and hastens to bell and come in. But he told this man, he said, Don't you go back into the Seder. Remember, I told you, God cursed it. He said, Don't, don't go back to the Seder. He said, But what I want you to do is I want you to go to your house. Understand what I'm telling you now. Number six, Jesus sent this man to his dwelling. He sent this man to his own house. And a surefire way to tell if a man's seeing clearly or not, you ask his family. Mm. I feel the Holy Ghost. 
You ask his family how he's living. It's easy for you and I to come in and, and put on a grandpa's suit coat, amen, as Manny calls it. It's easy to come in and, and, and look good and, and come into the house of God and, and say, whoop, amen, hallelujah. It, it, it's, it's easy for us to do that in here. But when we get home into our dwelling, if I get mad, it's easier to take it out on people I'm with all the time. And if you'll be honest, it's easier for you to do it too. It's easier for me to say, heartburn, I want to choke you. You know, it's easy for me to do that. I'm not going to do it in here because we, we're in the Lord's house and dignified, amen. How many people you know have come to, on the way to the house of God and they, they fight all the way to church and then they get out and, hey, how you doing, preacher? Praise the Lord. Good to be here. And it wasn't 30 seconds ago they could back, back to uh, having a domestic dispute. Amen. <laughs> But if you want to know if a man's seeing clear or not, you go to where he dwells at. Go where, he, where, he, where he's at. Go to his house. So what does it take for a sinner to see clear? Or for a backslider to see clear? Number one, he, he, he has to have a desire to see clear. If a man don't want to see clear, he ain't going to. If I don't want to get right to the Lord, I ain't going to. If I don't want to serve the Lord, I ain't going to. A desire has to take place. He's got to realize, hey, I, 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 have, I have this problem and I have a desire to change it. God gives us a choice. Amen? If he didn't give us a choice, he just made us like the angels. He created them. They don't worship him regardless, but he gives you and I a choice. Number two, there's a detachment. There, there, there's a detachment from this world and, and ungodly things. Number three, there's a dependence. And I don't depend on me anymore, I depend on him. I don't depend on you anymore, I depend on him. Number four, he, he's denying himself. He's willing to seek God. Number five, he, there's a direction change. From following after his own ways, he, he, he wants to follow after God. He had, That goes back to that desire. He wants to be in the Word of God. He's hungry. He has that key of David. That's why David was a, a man after God's own heart, because he loved the Word of God. Direction changes. And you just ask those where he's dwelling at, how he's seeing. And if they'll be honest with you, they'll tell you exactly. My wife and my kids can tell you exactly how well I see at home. How clear my vision is at home. And I likewise can tell you with them. So what about you tonight? How's your vision? How are you seeing? Are you seeing clearly? That's, that's the question. Are you seeing, can you see clearly tonight? Or do you have some sort of sin that's causing some blurry vision? Sin will cause blurry vision. Amen. And I hope tonight that something that was said was that will help to you and encouragement to you. How's your vision? Let me see clear. Amen. Our Father, Lord in Jesus' name, we bow before you tonight, God, and just want to say thank you, Lord, for the word of God.
Thank you, Lord, for these truths, Lord, we've seen tonight, God.